What if you did work? What if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if you did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work? All righty, man. Well, welcome back. And, you know, what if it did work? And here's something completely different. You know, Don, you're my first guest that I just literally met just a few days ago. But you know what? We connected and it just goes to show you, you have to be in the right place, in the right rooms at the right time, man. So before before we start off anything, I want you to introduce yourself. I know you're in the mortgage business. And you have such a compelling story that it's going to blow. It blew me away just hearing a little bit about it. I can't wait to hear the full nitty gritty, man. So, Don, give us your your intro. Hey, Omar. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, It's an absolute honor. Uh, I got to read your book. Uh, I'll tell you, it's a it's a mindset that I've had for a long time. Uh, And. Finally, getting out of the military after you know those my almost half of my adult life, uh, really put that into into action. Uh, so, a little about me: I was uh, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, uh, Warrenville, Illinois, about twenty minutes outside in the west suburbs. I uh, I wasn't good at school, you know. It wasn't one of those things. High school, I honestly didn't want to write my senior paper. I don't know why I have bad ADHD. And uh, so I had to go to summer school to even graduate. Uh, I realized school wasn't for me. And at the time I uh, joined the Air Force on a whim to kind of get out of there. Uh, I mean, probably not 99% of the kids in my uh, high school went to college. Um, it It was something I just did. I didn't know what to expect. And, uh, you know, I did uh, 19 years and two months in the Air Force. Dude, that's a, that's a lifetime, man. Thank you. I'll tell you. It was. It was. Service, dude. I, I always yeah. wanted to be in the military and all that. But, you know, after watching all those movies, I didn't want to hang myself naked. Like, I, I'm aging myself <laughs> like an officer and a gentleman, you know. I, I know the <laughs> D.O.R. and mayonnaise. And all that, and and you know, you you read my book, you you read my podcast, you see my videos. I I go to my own beat. I, I respect authority, but I, I'm I'm a person that when it comes to towing the line, I you know I I don't know what the Leo, <laughs> the, the stubborn asshole that I am, and all that. It's just not not who I am, and all that. But you know that yeah. that's that's impressive, man. Completely, 19 years, and you know what? Don't ever worry about college. I mean, I flunked French in high school. I, I flunked <laughs> driver's ed in high school. I, I got two degrees. That and $2.50 will get me a copy of the USA Today. So, never, dude, you're, you're more successful than a lot of college grads out there that I know. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, I'll tell you, it was, it was a difficult road. I, I signed up for six years right away in the Air Force. I enlisted. And uh, I really went in just not knowing anything about the military and just said, shit me off. And it was just one of my dad was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why? You know, I never thought you were going to, you know, go into the military. 
So your your family wasn't like a military family or what was your basis? Nope. You watch movies like me and you're like, damn, that's that's like hard. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, my dad was a, a truck driver his his life and my mom was a cashier. Uh, so lower middle class family uh, in in a very. Hey, upper- you can live in my neighborhood, man. Uh, you know, people think you, you heard me on stage, dude. People think I, I grew up in Miami Vice and. You know, when I, when I took people to the neighborhood I grew up in, it, it's perfectly safe, but yep. it can't get any bluer than that neighborhood. I mean, yeah, I grew up in a, th- uh, what, three bedroom, one bath house with four of us, you know, and all my friends are in three, four thousand square foot homes. And, you know, and so, uh, you know, so after that, I just kind of went after I went in the military at 19 years old, not knowing anything, just shipped off, signed up for six years. I I kind of needed just some direction in my life. It was one of those things like military, you know, it makes you grow up really quick. And then not only that, the friends that you make, those are your brothers for life. You know, brothers in arms, there's nothing like them, you know. Uh, You know, those guys will have your back no matter what. So I signed up for six years in an aircraft mechanic. A-10s, you know, one of the baddest aircrafts out there. It's a tank killer. Uh, it just saves those guys on the ground's lives all the time. Uh, so I did aircraft mechanic for 12 years. And then I, I got into, the, you know, the, the black ops world of uh, drone operations. All that secret squirrel stuff. So Smoking people, man. So I, I did that after 12 years. <laughs> I got into drone operations as a sensor operator. And now, did you think you're, when you signed up those six years, were you thinking, you know what? I'm going to be here for 19 years. I'm going to be here no. for 20. So you just took it. You're like, let's take this six years. You're going to go do whatever, probably the, the GI Bill and all that, that they always say, hey, you know, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. And so I was in the whole, like for those six years, I, I, I had a lot of experience. So I got to go to, I was Tucson, Arizona was my first assignment. And then I got to go to South Korea for a year. I, I lived in South Korea for a year at Osan Air Base. And then from there, I went to Vegas for uh, two years and was in Vegas um, as an A-10 mechanic. And then I went to Turkey and, uh, that that was the end of my enlistment at that time. And I really was just enjoying what I was doing. I was having a blast. I loved the people I was with. And so I just extended to come back to the States uh, to, you know, cause I didn't know about getting a job while I was overseas. You know, it's kind of in, in your first six years too. everything. I, I mean, I think I'm a little older than you. So everything was mellow because when I turned 18 was when operation desert shield became desert storm. But then after that, you know, it was smooth sailing for like... It was, it was 1999 when I joined, November okay. 1999. So, you know, 9-11 didn't even kick off. Yeah. So it, 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 it was like the, the renaissance, like, hey, you know what? Everything's, everything's chill. Because I, I remember like they, they would be interviewing these people, uh, servicemen and service women and all that. Like right when the W started sending people off to Iraq, left and right, like, oh, we didn't sign up for this. Yeah, you know, I, everybody was programmed that you go there, you get, you you put your your dues in, you get your your GI Bill, 
And thank you. Thank you, America. Thank you for your service and go off to whatever college you want to go. And that's really what I thought I was going to do. And uh, then it just kind of developed into a career. I really uh, loved everything I was doing. Uh, you know, I got married at 23 in Vegas. You know, hey, I, I got married in, in Vegas, too. So. <laughs> and then, I mean, that lasted 13 years. And then, you know, hey, I, it lasted 18 for me, man. So yeah. Well, wait, so what, the, what happens in Vegas sometimes doesn't stay in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I got married by Elvis. So, you know, with my grandma. And <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, that, full disclosure, it was a it, it was a normal wedding. It, it was at Caesar's Palace and all that. But yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, I was I, I was. I, I have to tell people that because they think it's a it was a drive through wedding and all that. Not not that it matters, you know. Yeah. Divorced. I mean, I was, yeah. I was broke. I didn't have it. <laughs> I didn't have a dime, you know. And, and you still have that Vegas phone number. I like what I, I want to tell everybody this. I didn't yeah. answer your phone call because I, I either thought you were selling me timeshare or, or it was my ex girlfriend. So <laughs> it was like, <laughs> so, so th- thank God I called you back, man. We, we would have never, but you know, everything happens for a reason. But I, I had that yeah. split second that, oh <laughs> shit, why, why is anybody from Las Vegas calling me? Oh man. So, yeah, it was kind of crazy. Then, I mean, while I was in eight years, I was able to get my undergrad done, uh, you know, paid for by the military, which was a blessing right there. Get some education while I was all in there. Uh, now, where'd you get your undergrad then? Well, it was University of Phoenix. I did it all online while I was deployed and everything. Dude, I, I could care less if you told me it was Harvard, Yale. To right. Me, paper's a paper, brother. I'm not I'm not a college professor. I'm not going to say, well, you know, if it's not LSU or I, I, I thought you were going to tell me something not like UNLV. Yeah, right. Well, I actually did take some classes at UNLV, too. So it all I was supposed to go to UNLV. But uh, yeah. for last second, I went to LSU instead. So I took some accounting classes and some other statistics courses at UNLV. So you can you can count then. Uh, yeah, I, that's why I'm in mortgages now. <laughs> that's always a good thing, man. Yeah. You know, when, you, you, when you can't count like me, it, it was, I, I can, once I run out of fingers and toes, you know, it, it's it for me. So <laughs> I, I guess I was blessed for being quote unquote lucky and being an entrepreneur because anything that requires math, man, I'm, I, I suck now to <laughs> say the least. So there, there was a huge turning point in my military career. I was, uh, over in Pakistan as an aircraft mechanic on drones. And man, I saw the sensor operators and the pilots on the drones working in an air conditioned area. You know, I'm out in the heat. It's 126 degrees with 80% humidity there. You know, uh, miserable. I mean, we would walk with a bottle of ice, like completely frozen. And within 30 minutes, that thing is completely, you know, it's warm. So I was like, man, I want to be one of those guys. And I was talking to a few of those guys. What do they do? And then uh, a couple of years later, I uh, transitioned into uh, M- as an MQ-9 sensor operator. Now, it's like like in the movies, like you don't have to be like literally I can be here in South Florida flying a drone to go smoke whomever in Fallujah or Riyadh yes. and all these other places. Yeah, it's it's just like that. I mean... We're uh, stateside in our locations. I was Air Force Special Ops at the time uh, when I uh, retrained into that. And it was some of the most amazing things I've seen. And we got to do some really cool stuff. I mean, 
every operation I did up there, it was all presidential targets, SecDef targets. Uh, I mean, worked Delta Force, SEAL Team 6, Rangers, the list goes on. Uh, and, you know, targeting Amer- some of America's worst enemies. So it was, I mean, it, it, it was one of those jobs that you just, I mean, you walk in and you just don't even realize what you're doing. Well, thank you, man. We needed you on that wall. Yeah, man. I'll tell you, <laughs> Twelve-hour shifts sitting in this box, watch it. You know, just spying on dudes. <laughs> hey, you know what? People people spy on each other through Instagram and Facebook, man. You just got paid, and you 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 were spying on a bunch of bad mfers that that deserve to go to hell, man. So oh, those. It, yeah. And I mean, it's horrible. The stuff that you see out there, you know, uh, I mean, I can imagine. I mean, I've personally, I mean, I've taken out 200 guys myself just with Hellfire missiles and 500 pound bombs. Uh, like it was kind of a joke when some of the seals or, you know, some of the other guys would come, we have like, 20 year old girls that are sensor operators and they have more kills than Navy SEAL. You know, <laughs> and it's all, it, well, in the movies, they make it look like, you know, those are the guys. And, and it's all the way from even back then, you know, the, yeah. the runs that the special ops guy, you know, I've, I've got like, you know, 5,000 kills and this and that. Right. And the thing is, I mean, with the, the drones and the sensors that we have, I mean, you get facial recognition from, you know, 20,000 feet with, you know, a five mile slant range. Yeah. If I, I had to choose between the two, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I know I can lift and do the, the training and all that, but, you know, to be, be foot, you know, foot on the ground or feet on the ground, boots on the ground and all that, or being in a AC flying a drone, I think I'd rather do the drone, man. It, it, but it goes like in business too. You yeah. know, it's always that adage, man, work, work smarter, not work harder. smarter, you know, work smarter, not harder. And I'll tell you, like, you know, that, that career was really rewarding. You save a lot of people's lives. Uh, you take a lot of lives um, and you watch some really horrible things. Uh, you know, one, we had uh, an informant on the ground in one of our locations. It was uh, this was a high value target. Uh, we know that we know this high value targets in this area. The informant was giving us the information to that that's the guy and that's the guy we need to kill. Well, unfortunately, the, uh, these terrorist group took this guy out of the, the informant out of the town and blasted him with AK, put probably like 20, 30 rounds in him and then cut off his head, beheaded him right then and there. And then what they did with them was they'd grab that head that they beheaded him with and walk through the town to show intimidation. That's how sick those fuckers are. Shock value, man. That's how fucking sick they are. And it's, you know, that's some of the, you know, I mean, that's just one little story of, you know, of, you know, almost seven years, eight years of that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure plenty of sleepless nights, man. I mean, in the business world, to me, a sleepless night was having like a a real shitty day in retail. You know, your your shitty days puts things a lot in perspective, especially, you know, it's a Friday right now and we're taping and, you know, everybody's like, 
giddy but you know monday they're singing the blues but when you have a real blues these people aren't having a fucking you know i'm having a bad case of monday because i have to show up back to work yeah i mean yeah that that one was pretty tough and then you know another one like the really thing like you know collateral damage sucks war just sucks all together you know and uh we just have guys that make those decisions you know, up in Congress or wherever. To- I, I always tell people, man, it's it's above everybody's pay grade, you know, like yep. when, when people want to fucking blast the the government on the pullout in Afghanistan, it's like, so you have a degree from West Point or, mm-hmm. or the Naval Academy? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Exactly. You, you hear, it's like, the, it, it's no different than like, you know, I follow up, you know, all the college football, the armchair uh, coaches, you know, uh, Monday morning saying what they would have done different. Not. Well, uh, what, what coaching experience do you have? And that's why, you know, and it's, it's just people that want to find significance, but dude, I don't care if you're a liberal or, or a conservative and all that. Nobody can really answer those things. Cause that's dude. I, I know I didn't go to West point. I didn't go to any Academy. I, I don't know what the process is, but you know, at the end of the day, there was no right answer anyways to, to get out. It's it's like Vietnam, dude, when you're in an occupied place that they don't like you, they don't want to learn your, your customs, you know, there's no, there, there, there would have been no happy ending. You know, where people no. watch movies and fucking, you know, move reality is not a hallmark. Reality isn't like officer and a gentleman, I don't know why I'm quoting that movie twice where, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a happy ending at the end, you know, war sucks. And in general, there's never really, you know, that happy. War sucks. We all want. Yeah. And, you know, and I was one of the a senior leader in the unit and, you know, I had to justify it myself to kill. And, you know, whether it was a woman or a child that died with collateral damage, you know, you kind of, justified it by hey that's a future terrorist hey that's a terrorist breeder you know but ultimately that's a human life and you know i uh, dude I, like i said man that that's that that's something that that 99 90% and more of the people don't have to live with and all that like the things that you're you're telling me right now that that's like a real harsh reality on both ends on your yeah. end and, and living over there because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, people are people, man. Uh, everywhere in this world, people, some 18 year old kid just wants to get laid. He yeah. wants to go out and take a chick. He's not thinking about what his <laughs> government, you know, no, I, it, that, that, that's the one thing that I learned like traveling to is, you know, a lot of stuff is just propaganda, you know, and every country, you know, the leaders and all that. But if we put it, put a room full of people from all different races, religions and all that, everybody wants the same thing, man. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to feel significance. Everybody just wants to contribute. You know, it, it's just people above our pay grade that, you know, all rah, 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 you know, our country's better than this country. I'm lucky. We're lucky to be here. But, you know, it's just circumstances. Just yes. because somebody was born in Belgium or, or born wherever, you know, it doesn't mean they suck. It was just no. the odds that God put people on different, you know, different countries. 
Exactly. And that's one of the biggest things from traveling too. I, you know, all over the world, whether you meet Muslims, Buddhists, you know, all religions, all type of people, if you treat people with kindness and respect, you get it back. You know, oh, dude, I, I, I tell people the religion that people just say, if you say, if you have to keep on telling people what your religion is, you're really not practicing it, man. Just if you want to be Christian, be more Christ-like, man. Be cool. Be kind. Be generous. You know, don't yeah. don't be judgmental. You know, there's there's no no religion because you know everybody skews religion. Christ, yes. Buddha. There was no religious leader that said, "Hey, you have to be a dick. Hey, you have to only care about yourself. Hey, screw the little man." There's no. That's just that's just like white noise that we all you know make and create or or trying to make ourselves feel better because this other person didn't, wasn't raised in our religion, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so, man, yeah. And that's, that's one thing I learned and I I don't judge, you know, I, I just love people and I love kind people and humble people. Oh, dude, same, same here. Believe that that's why another reason why I like going to seminars and all I I just love to see, or just traveling. I love seeing I, at one time in my life, it was like New Orleans or Vegas. But that's not the real world, man. One's fake as shit. Vegas is completely fucking fake. It took, right? me, oh, yeah. it took me like many years to realize that it's, it's a facade, man. And, yep. you know, they're, but in general, man, like, yeah, that's why I love to, I love to go out. I love to see different cultures and, you know, I immerse myself. I'm not like, running around screaming, I'm an American, I'm an American. Of course, yeah. like, you know, when people say, oh, French people are, are assholes and all that. Well, you're going to Paris. That's like if people came to New York, like, oh, my gosh, these Americans. One, you're, you're going to a big city. Big cities full of people, assholes. It's just the ratio. And then, two, if you start screaming your own language and expecting them to answer it, then, yeah, people are going to think you're pushy. It's, it's like if somebody came in here... It knocked on my door and started screaming in Italian or, or screaming in, in, in Japanese. And I'd be like, Hey, hold up, man. I, I don't know your language, <laughs> man. Yeah. It's, and I'll, I'll tell you another thing. Like, so after doing that for a while, like just the man, like, well, traveling all the world is amazing. I love that. Um, the drone stuff just kept getting, I mean, it's, Every day was like that. So, you know, like that one story I told you, I mean, we we're always, we're on a, the plane that it is, MQ-9 is a reaper. We hunt and kill, you know, I mean, we're, we cook four Hellfire missiles, two 500 pound bombs. So that can cause a lot of destruction right there. Uh, what Metallica would say, man, seek and destroy. Oh, it, it was, it was seek and destroy. I mean, it, uh, but the, so you know, after all that time, uh, I got about 18 years in service now. And uh, I, yeah, did you ever feel like, did you ever want to be a career, like the guy that retires old saying, oh, I, I live, I served my country like a career? No, I honestly thought it was going to be quick and done. And I had bigger and better things planned. But then I had another purpose. Every time I, all the young guys that were coming in, and I got to mentor and develop them and, you know, just kind of help them. That was rewarding right there. And the diversity that you have in the military with all backgrounds, all it just, it was something that I just loved. And I, I just, I couldn't get away from. 
Well, the one thing too, dude, it, it, it had to be cool to most people, whether you're from a big city or whatnot, you're still trapped in a bubble, man. When you're in the military and all that, you're meeting kids from like every 50 state, big, big city, small town, goofy yeah. redneck, city <laughs> slicker, you name, you know what I mean? Like it's amazing. A melting it, pot. It is a melting pot. And then when you talk about teams, team building, you know, with such a diverse background, so many diverse backgrounds, you know, and these guys become your brothers and they, they'll die for you, you know, when you deploy, you know, they got your back. Um, that there's something just, you know, I, I can't even explain it or it's something that just can't even be that brotherhood. No, no, I do. Trust me. I, I can, I, I'm listening. I, I'm an only child. So I, when it comes yeah. to my only, when it comes to being a brother, my, the only thing that I can say is I was a fraternity brother. Yeah. You know, I don't think those guys, I love those them. weren't your brothers. Yeah. They, you know, we all try to get laid and we all try to dress nice and learn the Greek alphabet, but I don't think anybody would, would die for me. I, I, yep. well, I, I'd, I'd bet my my mortgage if I had one on it. <laughs> I love them, but that that right there that that that's a the true definition of a brother is yeah. you know, when you have someone's back and ultimately like you know shoot since yeah. what about twenty years there's been plenty of people that have had to die for their brothers. Yes, yeah, there there there's many of them, and it's unfortunate what they've done, and you know. I, uh, you know, especially the 20 years trying to liberate, you know, liberate Afghanistan. And, you know, that that's unfortunate what's been going on there. You know, it's I, I can't it's when it first started happening. I didn't even know how to express that to myself. Like I but history, sometimes lost. if we don't learn from it, we repeat it because yeah. just like in Vietnam man, those people have been fighting. They, they beat the Soviets ass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they, right. They, they beat the Roman Empire's ass. When when Caesar and all those other people, so they've got centuries of of people trying to occupy them, just like in the in Vietnam. You know, the the French tried to to colonize them, and yeah, I'll talk to them about shit. It, it, when people, it's when you have that that way of life, it's like the only way to win would literally be, in my opinion, just kill everybody. Right? Like, they're they're hard in that. Hey. This is just, we we've been doing this for hundreds of years. Bring it. <laughs> but then the thing is, then I start feeling like, who are we to tell somebody's right or wrong? And I go back and forth with that all the time too. You know, I kind of well, it, it it's it's because it's that mentality that we always think that we're our our way is the right way. I mean, yeah. yeah, capitalism, yeah, it's it's great and all that, but we mm -hmm. we were raised in it. We were raised in a democracy. We or our forefathers, our my grandfather came here because he wanted democracy. He wanted freedom. A yeah. lot of times that's what people don't understand. In the United States, those that came here, we came here because we wanted freedom. We wanted <laughs> democracy. We wanted capitalism. We we wanted the choice to drink five different cokes or exactly. red bull. We we wanted that. But the problem is is that when we think that, hey, this this is what we go around saying, this is the way, even though you've never lived this way, this is the right way. So yep. that's just my 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 point on that. But you yeah. Know. No, that's awesome. And so so when did you decide, hey, 
Did the universe say, hey, this is it? When did you decide, hey, enough's enough. I want to be a mortgage broker. I want to, I served my country. I served my time. Now it's my time. So it kind of all, I mean, from hardship, you know, turns into something that I never could have imagined. It, it always does, man. So I was at 18 years, um, going through a divorce. And, um, like, I feel like my life's kind of just crashing down in front of me. Uh, I don't have any kids. Um, I had a vasectomy at 30 years old. I wasn't planning on having a family or anything like that uh, with my ex-wife. Uh, and so going through that divorce was tough. And then, uh, you know, I ended up, I was getting ready to deploy and I was bringing my dog out to, uh, I was separated now. I was bringing my, I was getting ready to deploy to Djibouti, uh, Africa, uh, for some drone ops out there. And, uh, I was bringing my dog to my parents and, uh, I was trying to look for a date while I was out in Scottsdale and, uh, I found my wife, you know, uh, hey, that's good news. I found, I found my, uh, my ride or die out there. Uh, we hit it off. I met her at a wine bar. And then that, after that time we talked, I mean, I kept in touch. We talked every day when I was over in Africa. Well, you know, you're, you're going to laugh, but since most people are going to hear it, just if they look at you and all that, I couldn't see you as a wine a, a connoisseur of wine, like at a wine bar. I, I figure you're going to say, that, you know, you you met you met her at Roadhouse, and you you had to be beat up like twenty different. I like guys. the finer things in life, Omar. <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. I, you 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 have it right. You're you're, you're completely right about it. I, I'm just saying you have that Hollywood look that <laughs> you know that that it was you were downing some whiskey or Patron. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, we hit it off that whole time. And then uh, we uh, over there, it's it's Thanksgiving. She's with her friends and family and we're, we're she's she's having some drinks, having fun. And she hits me up and says, Donnie, I don't think I can do this. You had a vasectomy. I really want a family, you know, and it was it was going into that. And I'm like, so you had that knee jerk, like, holy shit, this is, yeah. I, I, found, she, she I found the one and now, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's going to be pulled. pulled and away. she just got out of a 13 year relationship. She was only married two years. Uh, so we both were out of a long relationship and uh, she wanted a family. And I told her, I was like, I don't know if I can give you one, you know, uh, I called her the next day because she was, she thought I'd probably, she was drinking and she never thought I would call her again. And I call, I mean, I like this girl or <laughs> right. I think I was just kind of falling in love with her just from our, you know, FaceTime in and for three, four months, you know? And, uh, at, at that point she, uh, I told her, I was like, Hey, I don't know, you know, where this is going to go, but I'd be open to reversal if it happens. And, uh, we can go for that from there. You know, I really want to just continue this. So long story short, I get back from deployment. We hang out for, we take a month vacation. We go snowboarding up in the Colorado mountains. We go to spring training in, uh, Arizona. So where, where, where did you guys go snowboarding? Cause I, I love snowboarding. I know. Oh man. Well, I love Southern Colorado, like the Wolf Creek, uh, Pagosa Springs. Cause okay, I, I love the commercialized just because, uh, I love yeah. the, 
to tag people and say, Hey, look at me. I'm in steamboat. Hey, look at yeah. me. I mean, I love those big resorts too, but honestly, I love Wolf Creek and I love like uh, Durango area. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I love Breckenridge and all those too and Steamboat. Oh, I've, I've I've gone all over um, South America and most places here, Bend and yeah. I. Just, and then just I, my, I, I now I I go with my my daughters who are teenagers, nice. so they need they need like a packed mountain and all. Yeah, that. for sure. So, but continue your story, man. I, I just love the fact that we lo- we both love snowboarding. That means yeah. That oh hell yeah! And that's what like I fell in love. I'm like this girl loves snowboarding. She loves hiking. She loves traveling. Well, dude, right there, you sounds like a keeper. Just by you telling me all that, you know. She's she's fit. She likes working out, and uh, so we come back, and then we do a trip to Nashville too. Um, you know, we just partied for four days. We went to, I'm a, I'm from Chicago. So we went to Blackhawks and uh Preds game, uh, mm-hmm. had an amazing time. And then, uh, just a little bit later, she tells me she's like, we go back, she, we're talking about moving in. She's talking about moving to Clovis, New Mexico. It's Cannon Air Force Base where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she's, she's in Phoenix. So like Cannon Air Force Base. It's in the middle of nowhere. There's, there's nothing. There's no Costco within an hour and a half. You know, there's no. Well, how far is Taos from? Uh, that's a four and a half hour. Taos is oh, amazing. Well, yeah, dude, that's in the middle of nowhere. Fuck that place. Fuck that place. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that place. That that is a horrible place. So, we were there. Uh, I brought. <laughs> I guess I'm a good say. I, I should have known I'm a great salesman because I brought her from Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah, yeah, dude. Just you, you just tell me it's in the middle of nowhere and it's like even five hours from a ski resort. Yeah. The, <laughs> I mean, she's definitely a keeper. It definitely was. And, uh, so she comes to visit me and then, uh, sends a thing that says she's pregnant. And I was just like, are you sh-? like, I'm a thousand percent, you know, I, I had a vasectomy. Uh, and it's been seven years since I've had it. And I went to go get checked and I had swimmers, you know, and so it, 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 I thought you were going to tell me some horror story when you're like, no, it was a blessing in disguise. I'll tell you that. Like, uh, my daughter now she's uh, three and a half and it's that, that changed my life right there. Yeah. Uh, I, I know you have, that's why I was going to ask you, did you go with the, Reverse vasectomy. I I know that's that's like the the longer you go without doing it, mm-hmm. it like after five years, you you have a greater chance of winning like the lottery. Yeah, after I, going through all that pain. I was. I mean, I was told I was good. I I was told I was sterile. You know, when I went after I got it done, and I went like what it was like three or four times. I went to go just check, and I was good. So, you know, the higher power said. You must be, you know. Exactly. You, the Lord had big plans for you, man, because let, let yeah. me tell you, like, I, I, I full disclosure, I've, I've gone through a vasectomy, nothing like telling yeah. people that, but yeah, you know, at the age of 48 and having an 18 year old and a 16 year old, I, yeah, I, I did it though when we were still married and we didn't want our, our two daughters were handfuls. So yeah, we didn't want it. And, you know, unfortunately, I guess I'll, I'll go through life without, uh, a male heir, but you know, right. I, I can, I, I think I can live. So 
what's crazy now I'm at that point, I'm getting have my daughter and, uh, life is, uh, you know, Tracy's seven months pregnant. I'm kind of going through a lot of things in my life, just kind of, and, uh, it was a holiday weekend. I got 18 years in the service and, uh, I, I made a one-time mistake in the military. Uh, I, uh, tested on Monday. They did a rant or a random drug analysis test. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had cocaine in my system. Uh, it was, you know, two weeks later I got, uh, OS arrested by Quantico. So uh, they don't give you like a shit happens. A one time no, pass, it's, a hall pass. It's a one time thing and you're done. I mean, even I'm, after all those years of being in the I, service, I have everything. I, yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I know it's wrong and I just, I had a lapse in judgment and, uh, that was pretty much, they wouldn't let me finish my, I got to 19 years and 20, uh, two months instead of 20 years. So and, they wouldn't even say, Hey, you know what? 10 months and then you're out the door. And I'll tell you one thing that's even worse. Like, so once that all happened, uh, I mean, I, I have uh, moderate to uh, severe PTSD too. Yeah, dude. After the stories that you told me, not not only here right now, but on on our phone call, yeah, yeah, I, I, dude, completely. If if people have PTSD over minor bullshit just because they say they do, I mean, I yeah. can only imagine, man. And and what's fucked up is while you're in the service or you have a clearance or you're a flyer or, you know, anything like that. If you try to go get help or try to get anything with mental health during that time, you'll lose your job. Really? You lose so if, if you, so if you said, so, Hey man, I'm, I'm, I, I had the blues. I, I can't sleep at night because I, you know, all our missions, all the people that I smoke, good or bad, I, I can't sleep. I, they'll, they'll be like tough shit. Get so many, of, so many of my buddies. Yes, they're like, and then, uh, yeah, they'll say tough. So, shit. so then they, you can't even talk it out to like a, a professional. Then no, what's, what's uh, Uncle Sam's word words of wisdom to talk amongst yourselves or just keep. Yeah, I think well, in. that's. I mean, we do, and then they have like some like you can go to the chaplain where it's safe. <laughs> you know, hey, I'm I, I'm I'm Catholic, but that, that's like when whenever they say well, go talk to your your priest, it's like. Well, he's never been married. He's he's never had kids. Uh, he's never yeah. worked in the real world. What the what the hell is he gonna? He can help me with salvation, but ninety nine percent of my other problems, he he can't. He doesn't have a clue on. And and I'll tell you what's so crazy, Omar, is when I uh like uh when this was going happening, and uh, you know I'm just my whole military career is just kind of. Like it, it's just like it just—it was just taken like a black sheep, right away. Like days before all this, you would have never—you never thought that this was going to happen because no, that's like life, man. That just like death, just like rant. Some things we just have no control. And I owned a franchise for close to twenty years, and then one day, because I'm very opinionated, uh. My ex-wife, who's very opinionated, and we still kept we we split the stores between amongst ourselves. And one day, they told both of us, "Hey, thanks for the memories." So trust me, dude. I, I know the feeling, and and you have this feeling like 
I'm not worthy or, or what happened, which has happened because you put your heart, you put your soul into something for like 20 years or close to 20 years. And because of one mistake or just because of one, one thing that really is inconsequential, they're like, Hey, thanks. 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 Press on. Not, not even thanks. And, really just and it wasn't even thanks. On. It was like, you're going to, you're a worthless piece of shit. And- oh, dude, trust me, my, my ex-wife and I, I, dude, I know the feeling because after 20 years, they, after I sold out and my, my check was cashed and I was out of the system, it wasn't even a thank you for 20 years. It wasn't thank you for building South Florida. It was just like a finger. And even though I plug them in my book, before yeah. I told them an entrepreneur magazine and all they they yeah. see me as like uh, like like a leper and it was like now you know guys like us you know and, and my ex-wife all the personal development business development you you learn to thrive from that and say well I'll show you but other people man that that's like something that could like devastate you for the rest of your life and you know right. my my hat off to you for for getting yourself up after that. I mean, yeah, you had that initial, holy shit. You know, they yep. told you you were worthless, but you proved them wrong. You and really I'll tell you. Them wrong, dude. Like, like and I said, you're, you're having a conference. You're having a seminar real soon because you could have done two things. You could have proved them right. And you could have been like, hey, you know what? I am a worthless piece of shit. And you and had like, eh, the PTSD, unemployable, the play victim, do drugs, do all that. Or two, you could have used that, which you did. You use that as motivation. You showed yes. yourself, you showed your wife and you showed your, your child when she's older, like, holy shit. That's, that's a story. That, that's what the story is. That's your own Rocky. You know, you Absolutely. fell down and you came right the fuck back up. Because I'm resilient as fuck. Yes, but that that is what I, that's the the compelling story. Because you know what? There's plenty of people, man. There's plenty of people, even with stupid or shit that you know. Oh, I got dumped. I got this. I. I got downsized and, you know, they play that story for the rest of their life, man, but not you, you know, you literally said, yeah, I I know what it's like. It was like that feeling of being worthless, of not, not like, where's the appreciation? Where's the, the plaque? Where's the, Hey man, you saved so many lives. Instead it was like the sayonara, get the fuck out. You're you make us look bad. Yeah, that's really what it was. It's you, you, you're you're way ahead of the game, man. Oh, that's why that's why you know like energies attract, dude. That's why you know you, me, Jerry, and all that. We connect at at so many levels because you know what? Everybody falls, man. Yeah, there's two things though. Are you gonna fall and, and get like the the likes on Facebook? Play victim, and oh, you know, you could have said you grew up in a lower middle class. That whole story, but you know what? You use that story, and you use this one oh shit to fucking get yourself up, and you used it as rocket fuel, man. You pushed right past all that, and you did it in a short amount of time. Because there's a lot of people once they say goodbye, it's like they're numb, and. You're, you're excelling. You, you want to show not only Uncle Sam, 
But you want to show so many people, you want to inspire, you have a story, you want people to say, hey, because you know what? We're, we're all victims, dude. You know, you read my book, yeah. uh, single parent, couldn't talk, couldn't do this, couldn't do that. Fuck it. You know, yeah. when, when somebody wants to either fucking hug me because of my past, dude, that's my fucking past. You know, I'm, I'm 48. I, I can't blame my mommy. I can't blame my daddy. I can't blame my assistant principal who was a dick and said, you know, it was a cold day in hell. I, I, I can't blame anybody. And that's what you don't blame anything. You said it. You took accountability. You fucked up. But now what you're doing is you're, you're, you want to be a person of influence. Yeah, absolutely. Because not only do you want to be a mortgage guy, you want to be a mortgage guy that lifts heavy. Because you look like a, a like you could <laughs> hang out with Ronnie Coleman, Jay Cutler. Yeah. Know. When people think of mortgage brokers, when I think of a mortgage broker, I, and I've seen plenty, because yeah. and you you don't fit the mold. <laughs> and also think about it, you're 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 such a badass that even your swimmers are like, fuck it, I didn't, you know, <laughs> what fucking vasectomy is this? You know, yeah, I, man. We, they, they have your swimmers in here. The V word vasectomy. They heard the V word victory. <laughs> oh man! And I'll tell you the the one thing that fueled me the most after all this. On well, first of all, my ex wife. Uh, I was told that I was going to win this case and it was going to go away. And then my ex-wife was texting me and saying, I'm going to ruin, like, I guess the prosecutor contacted her and said, she has, she has an ax to grind. Yeah. So she just right away was saying, I'm going to ruin your life. You're fucked. She was going to say that you're like, like fucking snorting Coke and you were like doing everything imaginable. She was like threatening me in the middle of my court martial. And then this uh, Colonel Michael Shreves got up on the stand. I just moved to this unit. And do you know what this guy said? And, and this is what really is the hardest thing. He said he testified on the stand. So this is all public knowledge. It's in my freaking uh, transcripts. Said Don Hoff cannot be rehabilitated into society. Well, you know what? You fucking mistake. Can you imagine how many other people that like if that's how they treat them after 18, 19 years of service? Oh, dude, that, that's why I say, you know, it, it's so much white noise. Oh, here, I'm going to do push ups for people with PTSD. Why don't you fucking do something else like donate? Why don't you give them a job? Why don't yep. you talk to them? Why don't you see how well they're doing instead of dumping a fucking bucket of ice water on you or all these other challenges? I'm doing this for. For veterans, you're doing it for yourself because you want to look good. If you want to do something, you see like that story, man. That's why, you know, the, the you uh, a lot of your fellow brothers and sisters come back all fucked up and they they kill themselves because, you know, it's, like what you said. There's, there's nobody there for them. Yeah. There's nobody you, there for them. I, I never knew that, that if, if, if I was a serviceman and, you know, I, I've had – I was – uh, everybody has a conscience. I, I I know everybody. Nobody's like you know in the movies, unless you're fucking Ted Bundy and all that yeah. killing machine. That you're like, oh yeah. yeah, this is fun. And you know, at the end of the day, everybody's gonna because in our we have a soul. You know, we yeah. we all know what's right and and we all know what's wrong. And then you know, you guys 
you just said it. We just spoke about it earlier. People are people. So in general, yeah, you're killing bad people, but there's other people that just got fucked up. It got caught in the wrong place at the right wrong time. And or these other people, they weren't inherently fucking evil. They just listened to their government that said, you know, this is it. You know, we're fighting evil because you know it's all marketing. Yeah. Uh, everything us versus them man. every every country that that that's like why everybody loves the olympics it's because it's like you know a pissing contest you know who cares who's cycling and all that but hey if we're if we're good at 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 friggin' synchronized swimming that means our country we're fucking number one exactly (laughs) (laughs) i'll tell you so i was discharged from the military after 19 years and two months uh they i didn't go to jail there's no it was just you know i lost my rank and they uh i was unable to extend for retirement so i get it was it was more punitive yeah and they wanted to make it an example of me you know i of course so it it was just that and that's fine I, i i own my mistake but i just all the pe- all the haters. But it all- created it created who you are today. It absolutely so, did. It, it just a, fueled it was a blessing. It fueled the beast and the savage within, man. It's like it, it, my mindset changed right then. So then I I got lucky to move to Franklin, Tennessee, uh, not knowing anyone. After me and my wife were kind of just choosing where we wanted to go, it was either going to be Scottsdale, San Diego, Chicago, or I just made an executive decision and I said, let's go to Nashville. It's booming. I've made great place to raise a family. Let's do it. And it's not a million dollars for a one bedroom, like in La Jolla and San Diego. Yeah. You know, not, yeah, no, not. paradise cost, man. I, I, paradise I, I, love, I, I love La Jolla, dude. Maybe if I didn't get divorced or whatnot. But yeah, <laughs> man, I, I, I've never heard anybody go to San Diego or La Jolla, that area and go, ah, yeah, you know what? That place sucks. <laughs> no, never, <laughs> never. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to live there. I, I don't like the the shitty weather. I don't like the you know. I, it's, it's my ex wife is there, so I didn't want to go there for sure. Oh no, I do. Trust me, I I I hear you. I I, <laughs> I, I, I can't say, but my, my mine still lives in town. But you know, we we have kids, yeah. so nice. So what ended up happening then? I uh, thought I was going to get into project management. I'm glad I didn't. So uh, my but why more like like. Why mortgage? Why why become a mortgage broker? Was that something well, that you? So I was interviewing help? with companies left and right. Uh, I have a master's degree. I have an MBA. I have 20, 19 years of military experience, leading, mentoring, developing people. And for some reason, I just kept getting denied jobs. I don't know what was happening. It just so then about four months of job interviewing. It was just freaking nightmare. I hated it, and. Uh, I think, I don't know, maybe overqualified. I don't know. Everybody kept saying no industry experience, no industry experience. And I was just like, came home one day and I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to get my real estate license. But then I saw a job on Indeed with Colton Mortgage as a loan officer assistant. And I was like, well, I'm good with numbers, good with people. Let's give it a shot. And uh, so long story short, uh, I got hired with them. I started off as an assistant, wasn't making shit, $500 a week. You know, uh, I started driving for Lyft and Uber during that time to just supplement some income. 
I'm not going to, yeah, this is only two and a half years ago. I'm not lying. And I, I was doing that to, just to work on my sales pitch. I really thought, hey, uh, the, the Uber thing, uh, it, it, I, I just laugh because um, my the words of wisdom from my ex-girlfriend was that I should get a job with Uber. And it was like, <laughs> that, uh, really? <laughs> and I'll tell you, honestly, I was just doing it to actually. Dude, uh, trust me, I, I don't think anybody's <laughs> like, well, you know, I, I, I've been making too much money. So I decided I wanted to pick up drunk yeah. assholes. And, and possibly get mugged by somebody. So I, I just decided for. I'd like to see somebody try to mug me. Oh yeah. well, you, <laughs> well, you're, you're usually not the person, but you know, there's all all these stories, man. That you know, yeah. Uber driver dude or chick picks up like, and yeah, yeah. it was crazy. I mean, it was fun. I really met some really cool people, especially in Nashville. You get to pick up some, uh, you know, country singers. You get to pick up, you know, uh, producers. You, you just never know who. And yes, and I, was, I, I love Tennessee, dude. Yeah. I, 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 it's one of my favorite places. People find that hard to believe. Yeah, but I, well, I can't wait till you're here next. Let's go, get, yeah, we're definitely go grab dinner and drink. Are you inviting, are you inviting me to your seminar? Is that what you're, you're doing? Absolutely. I'll tell you, it's going to be, it's, uh, what no, is it? Is, uh, he, he, on uh, Monday, he gave us kind of a, you know, one of those challenges to, 90 days in 90 days, you know, schedule an event. And uh, a couple of my business partners, we just were sitting and we were brainstorming and we're just like, let's do it. You know, uh, we got it. We're committed. We're taking action now. And now we're going to give us, you know, the best thing to do is, is just accept whatever challenge, even though if you don't know the answer or accept the job and then figure it out. And that's yeah. what you guys just did it. Could you, if, if I had the plan, well, oh, if I'm going to do a webinar, uh, how many people and what am I going to be talking about? And this, that, because that, that, that's mental masturbation. And that also that, that fogs up your, your head because your head's going to give these, all these little excuses on why it's not going to work, why you shouldn't do it. This is for other people and this and that, which you did the right way. Hey, we don't know what it's going to look like. Bam, right there. Put a date, put a time, everything else is figure outable. Right. And exactly. And that's, a, that's what we said. We're like, do you know what? Let's just see how a teaser out there. Let's see how many people we can get involved, interested, and let's plan it. And uh, well, everything's about promote, man. Promote, promote, promote. Absolutely. And uh, capitalism 101, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just following all. all all the coaches and all you guys that are after reading books and uh, as I just grow in my professional development, I'm just following the lead of who I want to be and emulate, you know? And, and you know what you're doing is you're doing it the right way, man. When I first started in the business, being an entrepreneur, it's like, oh, well, people, people need to know what I do. They'll, they'll find mm-hmm. out and they'll come to me. And then years later, I had my kids pitching because if my kids' friends didn't know and their parents didn't know and my ex-wife, well, my wife at the time, her friends needed to know, you just, you have to be a walking billboard. You have to be a modern day PT Barnum. And right now, if, if I could pitch for a company for almost 20 years that could tell me to go fuck myself, 
you rest assured, I don't mind wearing a what if it did work hat, what if it did work shirt. Fucking tell everybody and anybody you're sitting next to me on a plane. If it's if it's not my girlfriend, if I'm flying solo, hey, by the way, let me tell you what I do because we're all selling. Yes, in our job, what's what's separating you and me from the big guys, the big dogs, because we're just as smart, we're just as hungry. It's right now we're in obscurity. You know, I, I can have the cure for cancer. We right yeah. now we could be discussing the cure for cancer, but if only a few people know about it, a few hundred, who cares? Yeah. Our job is uh, to quote our our friend Michael Burt is to be a person of interest. Yes, that, that everybody's like, hey, you know what? And you don't want to be known as the mortgage guy. You that you're just Don. Fuck Donald uh, Trump. You want to have more rent name recognition than Don. When they say Don, it's you. (laughs) Thank you. And that's why, like, really what me and my wife are, uh, Hoff House. We like that. It's, uh, like right there, dude. And and also it's a play because we all love the Hoff and the Hoff. And the thing is Hoff and then H A U S because in German, that means house of hope. And dude, you, you've, you've provided Dude, just in our conversation, man, it's all about hope. In the grand scheme of things, you know, you read the book. All, all I want to do is to be in service. I just want, just want to help people out, man. If, if, if I can be a successful entrepreneur, if I can overcome, why can't everybody else? Because, you know, I'm not, I'm not a rocket scientist by any means. And, and that's like the Hoff House. I really want to make it a movement. It's about helping PTSD. Helping every every American can be a homeowner. That's what I want to do. That's my movement, you know. And I'll tell you, it's been powerful to see like how some people just respond to me. Don, I've you know I'm having, you know, I just got out of psych ward and this and that and need some help. Like the honestly, if I just do one post and it reaches one person, I'm doing my job. Dude, you're, you're not only you're doing your job, but man, everybody hurts. It's funny because people, yeah, my with my my ex girlfriend, I I grew up with the woman and all that, so it it was crushing because it was like a loss, any type of loss for anybody. When somebody says, "Why did a celebrity kill themselves? Why do they feel feel depressed?" is because we're all human, man. We yeah. all know we all know that feeling, and the one thing that this world lacks is empathy. Instead of saying, well, this person shouldn't be feeling sorry. This person shouldn't be feeling down in the dumps. Fuck them, man. We, we all hurt, man. And it's okay to say it. I mean, my, if anything, God in the universe gave me that opportunity because it made me write a better book. It made me a better person. It made me do better videos. It made me be more open to people and to the process. So, you know, everything in life, the the journey, everything happens for a reason. You and I wouldn't be speaking here today if it wasn't for, for, for that asshole that said you couldn't be rehabilitated. You're right. And then uh, I just was uh, so lucky and blessed to come, you know, come downstairs and meet Brad Lee. And then, uh, you know, uh, stand next to you and, you know, talk to you and Jerry and, yeah, dude, Jerry and I, the, the number one thing that we got out of the conference, besides both of us talking on stage, was me and you, man. I mean, we couldn't stop talking about it. 
man. That, it's all about meeting people. It's yes. all about connecting, man. People, people say, how much did the conference cost? It's not the price of the conference. It's not the price of the book. How much is it going to cost you not going to the conference? How much is it going to cost you not buying my book? Now, right. I, now, if you can't afford my book at $9.99, fucking plan A, B, and C doesn't work. You better buy my book. But the reason They should. I, Everybody I, should buy your book. It, it can change it, lives. It's self-published. It's short and sweet. I didn't, I didn't want 200, 300 pages of bullshit. It's 100 pages. And it's something, dude, read it. Do, do the work. And people ask me, does my book work? No. No book works. The Bible doesn't work. Friggin' Grant Cardone's 10X doesn't work. Anthony, what works is when you implement. It, the Bible Action. works when you're, you're kind. When, when, yes. when you're good to your fellow man, that's when it works. Not because you quote it or you put it on a bumper sticker or you tell everybody you go to church on Sunday, but you're an asshole Monday through Saturday. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> that is the truth. There's so many people out there like that. Oh, dude, I <sighs> I, I know plenty. It's like, and they love they love to judge. I mean, there's people that judge me for for getting a divorce, and it's like, well, my my ex wife's still single. Why don't you go out on a date with her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's if, if, if you could tell from my podcast, my book, what you see oh, is what you get, you know? Yeah. And, and and that's the one thing. You'll do great just because you're authentic. A lot of people want to play some caricature, some bullshit, or pretend there's somebody that they're not, man. I <laughs> I am what I am. I'm I'm a guy that, yeah, I I can be a smart ass. I I can be vulgar. I I I can give you some knowledge. I I can be profound. I I can be petty. I I can connect with people. But I'm human, man. I, and I'm the type of guy that can have a PBR because I grew up in a lower middle class neighborhood. So you know, it is what it is. I I, I think it's a blessing because I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. I didn't. I, I don't play golf and all that. But I can connect and I can relate to. The poor, the rich, the middle class, because at the end of the day, if you listen to people, because that's what people want is to be heard. And that's the number one thing. That's the number one thing in sales, man. You can't just be, well, here I'm here, I've got you this, you know, this great mortgage. Well, why don't you listen to what the person has to say first? Because in sales, so many people just want to step on their dicks and and lead the dance, lead the conversation instead of just being empathetic, just listening to the other person's needs. And once, once we do that, that's when things start. That's where the magic happens. Yeah, it does. And I'll tell you, for being such an introvert, you're a people person and a badass, man. You're- <laughs> Dude, you're, you're making me blush. Thank you. <laughs> you know, for real. Uh, you know, I'd have your back any day. So you're uh, like, there, dude. Yeah. Hey, well, we'll, we'll definitely, I'll definitely do a drop in at whatever yeah. time. But, but my, my warm up or your warm up is probably my PR looking at, looking at you. So <laughs> I'll tell you, man, it's, yeah, I've been lifting since I was 15. So it's just, it's my therapy every morning, man. I, I couldn't lift um, growing up because my mom said it would stunt my growth. But good yeah. thing is, you know, at five eight, I guess I'd be like that guy tattoo on on <laughs> Fantasy Island. I'd be like the plane, the plane, boss, the plane. 
Oh man, I love it. Uh, I, I love my mom. Yeah, she did the best <laughs> that she could. That, that's all I can say. One, one day she'll read my book too. Right. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I'll tell you, as soon as I got hired at this uh, Colt Mortgage, it was just a game changer in my life, a blessing. I'm thankful every day for my uh, boss, Jim Stewart, the branch manager, co founder of the company. But you're doing the, you're doing the right thing, man. You just yeah. have to keep on going forward, man. Even though you don't know what's through that door, you don't know what the next few steps is. So many people are are fearful of taking that journey, and you're you're going through the process. You're going through the steps, man. You, yeah. I mean, it, granted, yeah, a big guy like you, but you you said you 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 had the fear, you had the depression, you had, you you put on your shoes the same way everybody else does, you know. Yeah, they, I mean, they want to give me all that depression medicine and all that, but I just use the gym as my uh, my. Oh, dude, trust me. Uh, they uh, they said that my mind was going because I'm always I, I couldn't I can't I couldn't sleep for years, but that's because my mind was always racing and all that. And they're like, "Well, that's being obsessed, and you know, go on meds." And it's like, so something good that I have. I I should numb that process and just be sitting somewhere. And I guess since it's a Friday, I should be like, hey, on uh, Facebook, hey, everybody, it's Friday. What shall I be watching this weekend on Netflix or on Apple TV? Anybody, any good recommendations? Oh, man. Uh, no. I'll tell you, I, I haven't been watching TV for, for a while. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, but I, I love reading books, uh, especially... Man, all the great people I met at the conference. Um, I was so blessed to meet so many great people uh, there, and uh, been in contact, and you know, doing Zooms. And uh, the best part about that kind of network—I mean, everybody's willing to help everybody. You know, dude, successful people are like that, and you're, you're going to laugh, man. People with 15 minutes of fame that have nothing, or people, random people. I'm like, hey, would you like to be on my podcast? They're like, fuck you. Or they won't even answer me. But yet, you know, successful people will find the time. And it it should, you would think it's the other way around. You know, I've I've got nothing. If you just wanted to shoot the shit with me and and pick my brain or anybody on entrepreneurship, on being successful and writing a book on podcasts or on anything, my door is always open, man. But that's, that's the difference. Somebody successful is living in abundance. The other people are in scarcity, man. They're complete scarcity. And, and it's funny because some of the some of the no's or some of the empty answers and all that are like people that it's like, who cares? It's like one one kid I, I asked just because my my kids wanted to to hear him talk. And it was like some 13-year-old, 14-year-old kid that snowboards that's sponsored. <laughs> And, you know, I sent an email to the parents and I said, and like nothing. And it's like, are you serious? So I sent another one and I used a race card because, you know, the kid's Hispanic. I'm like, hey, yeah, and still nothing. And, I, I, you know, the mature, I just left it alone. Now, the old me, I'm like, hey, fuck you, dude. Yeah. I, you're, you're trying to make a quick buck out, out of your son and all that. Yeah. Give me a break. You know what? My podcast isn't big enough. I'm not known enough for you. Come on. So right. yeah, I've, I've gotten blowback from like that. And then, you know, like Jen Sincero or, you know, 
Evan Carmichael, all these people, successful people, if you just ask, will help you in general. That that's so that that bullshit that successful people are greedy, rich people are evil, and all that. that that's just some bullshit talk the propaganda, man. The sub propaganda from haters that can't. Oh yeah, dude. Action. I, I, I you know. Howard Schultz couldn't run for president because he sold people coffee and he became a billionaire doing it. And it was like, yeah, like, yeah, I know that he must have he must have really forced people to go into Starbucks. <laughs> but that's that's just society, man. It, and and yeah. it is what it is. And we just have to, you know, I, I use the haters for for rocket fuel, whether whether mm-hmm. somebody tells me you know, I, I've, I've heard it all. You know, but most most of my haters are people that, you know. I, I thought would have been my biggest cheerleaders, people that I grew up with or, and all that. And a lot of times it's like, holy smokes. A lot of times it's that stranger that'll help you out. It's that stranger that'll answer that call. It's that stranger that'll be like, yeah, I'll be on your podcast. It's that stranger that'll be like, yeah, here, you you can mirror me. You can model me here. For sure. Let's talk about success. So you just have to choose wisely. Yes, you do. And surround yourself with the right people. That's it. And, and uh, yeah, that's what I, I love. Like moving out here, we don't have we don't have family or anything. We surround our we we can make our own circle of people that we really trust and want to build with. So exactly, dude. Because you know, at the end of the day, you you don't you're not looking for affirmations. You're not looking for the cyber hugs. You're not looking for people to to pat you on the back and say, "Hey, let's go watch the Preds, man." Let's oh. let's let's go to Kid Rock's bar and and just yeah. And I, I you know being there for the two nights did that and all that. I believe it or not, I had zero yeah. drinks because I was doing seventy five hard for like the the second. Nice, round. yeah, hell yeah, yeah. But I, I overslept and I had to go on stage and it was a travel day, so uh, <laughs> I have to start seventy five hard again in a couple of days. But yeah, it, it's just all a mindset, man. Yeah. And that's you one know, thing. Like people ask me, I, I've been on the strip without drinking because I did seventy-five hard on the strip. Yeah. I did seventy-five hard in Louisiana down Bourbon Street before. It's fine. It's all a mindset, yeah. man. You, if you, right. if you tell me, if uh, you need alcohol, you need weed, you need something to have no. fun. No. Then you know what? Because that, that maybe you do because you're fucking boring. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't need a fucking drink a 12 pack of beer and be grab ass and women and, and saying, hey, I'm down Broadway or I'm down the strip, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it's just a mindset. And then people like that will try to guilt you because it's the masses, you know? It's they like do. you have to be seen or, oh, my God, I can't believe you've gone to these places sober. Well, I've gone there drunk and I've gone there sober. I tell you what, though, going sober, I, I come back with more money in my pocket. Yeah, you absolutely do. I, yeah, I completely agree with that because I I mean, I, I I love cocktails, but I'm always. In oh, me, me too, man. But, you know, it's always that 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 guilt on why and. I, I was like doing like phase one and all that. And I had to quit when I was single because going out on dates left and right, women be like, oh, this guy's not drinking. He must be an alcoholic. And it's like, no, it's a challenge. I love it. It's a challenge. It's Andy for yeah. self. But, but you know, everybody, oh, no, this guy, this guy's hitting the sauce too hard. <laughs> that's just, that just shows you how fucked up society is, you know? 
And I'll t- how about how about if I I never drank and you know my body's my temple? Blah 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 blah. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean if somebody doesn't drink that they're an asshole. It doesn't mean they are an alcoholic. It is what nope. it is, man. But yeah, no, I I, I do drink. It it just depends on. Especially, I'm gonna do a cut now, anyways, because I I want to be able to go. Well, one, when you go on a lift or during Christmas break at Steamboat or any of those places, it's like Disney World. So right. I'd like to go up to the top of the mountain and come all the way down because I don't oh, yeah. want to wait two hours for like one ride. So, yeah, no, right. I, I have my priorities. Uh, I don't care how I look in the summer, but like spring and, and, and winter, I, I have to be in the, the best shape. <laughs> So, Don, tell me, how do we find you? How, how I know how to, how to find you, but how do the masses find you? And I don't mean the masses that are watching Netflix because I only, I, I, I only attract great-minded people, not like-minded people, amazing people, just like you that love my podcast and all that. How do we find you? How do we connect with you? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Instagram at Hoff House H A U S dot Mortgage. And, uh, you know, you can follow my story, follow my, my, my trans, my transformation really right now. It's going, uh, it's been exponential growth, uh, you know, only two and a half years. And like my things are changing beyond I could ever imagine for my family. And, uh, I'm just feel blessed and lucky and to meet people like you and have you on or to be on your podcasts is it is awesome to share my blessing with the, the privilege was all mine when you said you'd love to be on it. And, and it you. means a lot and all that. And, you know, I know we're going to be working together and all that. And I know I, you know, because I, I'm a fortune teller. I, I know <laughs> that you're going to write multiple books with Jerry and I at bright lights. I know we're going to start your own podcast and I know I'm going to get the privilege and honor of being one of your guests on that podcast. Man, Omar, thank you so much again. No, thank you, man. I, I love you. I, I I expect great things, big things. We're we're always going to be in touch and all that, regardless. And also, if there's no travel soccer and all that, well, I, I can do your your seminar, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be November. We're still in the planning stages. It will be out on my uh, in- Instagram too, and okay. it's going to be a great event for. Uh, Investors that want to, you know, start either it's their first or multiple uh, investment homes. And uh, I hear you always remember your first, man. Yeah. And just kind of the whole package. We'll have everybody there to set up a whole package uh, to get them ready to rock and roll. Well, shit, if I'm there, I I might crash the party and try to find like 5, 10, 15 minutes of stage time. uh, There you go. Please do. I mean, you got an amazing story and I love it. So, (laughs) All righty, brother. I love you, man. Thank you. Everybody follow Don. He's even cooler than the other Hoff. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I never told no one that my whole life I've been holding back. Every time I load my gun up so I can shoot for the stars. I hear a voice like, who do you think you are? Negative thoughts come to mind when I start thinking bold. Like, why you chasing dreams? Aren't you getting kind of old? I knew I needed help I had no self-confidence Didn't believe in myself I tried not to feel or listen to my intuition To start a business But before I even started I feel like it's finished You got a vision And let me say I don't care if they get blood Got 
the same DNA They can't feel how you feel They can't see what you see Wanna change your life You gotta change the way you think The thoughts in your mind Is the boss of your life Nothing but good vibes Every day I'm thinking like What if it did work? What if you took action And made it happen And started living inside of your purpose? What if it did work? Right now you can make the choice To never listen to that negative voice No more The hardest prison to escape Is our own mind I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time to make it happen you gotta take action just imagine what if it did work